Sadly, this is what home sounds like for many of America's heroes. During this crisis, many veterans are living on the street, sleeping on nothing more than cardboard. You can help. Donate at cardboardtoheadboard.org. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Fangirl Playbook. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, joined as always by my co-host, Stephanie McCarroll. On today's episode, as promised, I share when I knew the Dodgers were going to win the World Series. Then from two loved the top matchups of the week, Steph and I preview week 10 of the NFL and start to look at the playoff picture. Next, it's off to Dylan where there's trouble for the Panthers, the Taylors, and pretty much everyone in between. Clear eyes, full hearts, let's go. Steph, we're back with Fangirl Playbook after being off for a week, and there's much to discuss. Uh, the World Series is behind us. Go Dodgers. One very happy <laughs> fangirl. One less happy fangirl, but one very heavy fangirl on this podcast. Uh, we are going into NFL Week 10, which is just unbelievable. It's unbelievable to me that it's gone this fast, and frankly, I'm kind of amazed we've made it this far, considering everything else going on in the world uh, with COVID at all. And we've got Friday Night Lights. We are at season two, episode three, entitled, Are You Ready for Friday Night? So (laughs) much to discuss. But first, I don't want to leave you guys hanging. The last (laughs) time we talked, it was the game six of the World Series. It was that day. It had been yet to be played. And I had told you all that if the, the, uh, I almost said the 49ers, if the (laughs) Dodgers win the World Series, I would tell you the moment that I knew they were going to win it. So um, I'm going to start with, there was a moment in the divisional series where I knew they were going to win the divisional series. And that was when Walker Bueller had the bases loaded with, I think, zero outs in the second inning and got out of it. Uh, and, and I was really nervous about the Padres. So I felt like they were going to do it. But the moment I knew they were going to win the World Series was when Cody Ballinger robbed Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh... of that home run and the way he jumped up. And the reason I knew is I thought in years past, it felt like nothing went the Dodgers way. Right. And it had felt like so far in this players in this playoffs, everything was starting to go their way. And I bring up the Walker Bueller second inning because the Cody Bellinger thing sealed it. It was like, yeah. okay, everything is going their way. And then we saw Mookie Betts make these incredible, you know, incredible catches. And then when you got to the NLCS and they were down three one. So I had tweeted that in nineteen ninety six the Atlanta Braves were up two nothing on the New York Yankees in the World Series, and they won their first two games on the road and then proceeded to go back to Atlanta, lose three there, lose the fourth in uh, (laughs) New York, and lose the World Series. So they were up to – and I tweeted that, and a lot of people, of course, because I understand as a 49ers fan girl, I have many a Giants fan that follows me. And so I had many people saying, uh, you guys don't have Mariano Rivera. This is not 1996, like all these things. But there was (laughs) – it was like by hanging on to hope, but there was something I noticed. I'm going to bring this up too, as long as we're talking about it real quick. There's something I noticed in the NLCS and then in game four of the World Series. In the NLCS, and I think this is like so great that the Braves were so enthusiastic and so impassionate and so passionate and living and dying by every pitch. But it felt like, I think it was especially in game four when they went up 3-1, they were celebrating in that game as if they'd won the World Series, it felt like to me. And I felt like the Dodgers are going to come back because I've seen that oftentimes in baseball especially. And I saw it 
back in 2017 where, of course, there were the cheating Astros, but we'll put that aside <laughs> for a moment. In 2017, the Dodgers won game six at home in the World Series, and they were so excited because it was a do-or-die game for them, and right. they forced a game seven, obviously. They were so excited and celebrated so much. I felt like – I don't – I mean, I didn't know the Astros were cheating at the time, but I also felt like that's – they're so excited, but they haven't won it yet. Yeah. And so – I felt that after game four of the NLCS, and that's when I felt like they were really going to be able to come back and win it. And uh, then in game four of the World Series, which was that crazy game, mm-hmm. and there was obviously the the Rays won that game on the errors, and the guy, I cannot remember his name right now, who was hitting 200, of course, got a hit. Like There were a lot of things that went wrong in that game. But the way the Rays were celebrating that game – I was like, you. It's it's two two. Granted, had they gone down three one with Kershaw pitching the next night, it was probably over for them. But they were celebrating, and the way they were like flying around the field, and like, and I say that literally because the guy who had the hit had his arms out like he was flying. Um, yeah, <laughs> they were like, it was a Rosarina, right? Yeah, uh, it was a Rosarina. A Rosarina too, but there was the guy who got the hit, whose name escapes right now, who'd been batting two hundred. Okay, um, and that was the guy that got the hit. Um, uh-huh. And he also had his arms. Rosarena did it, did too. And I get it because Rosarena <laughs> was like, he fell. It looked like he was going to be like the goat in a bad way. And then he got the winning run, you know, the whole thing. Right. But I felt like they're celebrating like they won the World Series and they're, it's 2 2. And so I felt at that point too, I was like, I, I mean, I really did feel after that Cody Bellinger, uh, they call it the robbery. I don't want to surprise anybody. I actually have a t shirt of it says the robbery and it's a picture of him <laughs> that was amazing and that it kind of changed me a little bit and softened me a little bit on the Dodgers and as you know much grief as I give you about Cody Bellinger he's so hard not to like and so was, um, I mean he really is right I mean him and Mookie how do you not like Mookie oh I love Mookie that's why I was uh, upset everybody, loved that everybody was, loves Mookie that he went to I just I still can't even believe that the Dodgers got him like that to me is like man <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty amazing so yeah. that was that but the specific moment was Cody Bellinger robbing them of that home run. Um, and then I think my I think my other thing really is, you know, a lesson to us all. Don't over-celebrate before you win anything. Wait to win it. Then celebrate all you want. There's my deep thoughts of the day, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that was exciting. Your girl here obviously cried yeah. because that's what I do. I was so excited. Um and now baseball season's over. Basketball season looks like it's starting in a little bit over a month. And we yeah. have one sport to concentrate on for a little while. Uh, it's been obviously kind of crazy, but cool having all these sports going on at once. Uh, but now we have the NFL, as I said at the top of this podcast, which was like six minutes ago. Uh, we are in to week 10 a lot going on. There's been a lot going on around COVID uh, and the league just seems to be powering on uh, the 40, the 49ers last week had four players going on the COVID reserve list or reserve COVID list for Thursday night football. Debo Samuel was out anyway with the hamstring, but obviously I do think that that really affected the game. I still don't know that the Niners would have win. They played so poorly, but I I actually think of all the people, it was, um, it was Trent Williams that had the biggest effect. Yeah. Well, uh, on that I mean, on the game, but not having Ayuk and not having Kendrick Bourne, of course, was sure. was problematic. But I don't think anyone really cares because 
though, though the Niners are still in the playoff hunt, it's uh, it's a very very. It's not chance. looking good. <laughs> no, it's not looking good. So we will not focus uh, on them so much. But there are lots of things going on this weekend and a lot of games that matter. Uh, So let's start with Thursday night football. It'll be the Colts and the Titans. And this is a super important game for the Colts, who are currently at ninth in the seeding. If the playoffs were to start tomorrow, I guess they would not actually go to the playoffs. But um, they're ninth in seeding. And they're tied, though, with Miami and the Cleveland Browns. So this is a pretty big game for the Colts. Of course, Phillip Rivers had a memeable moment the other day um, when he fell down and just was kind of, ran right over uh but uh (laughs) this Colts team it's an interesting team uh the other day Charlotte Wilder had tweeted that this season is confusing or I'm paraphrasing here but essentially because like one week a team looks like the greatest team to ever play in the National Football League and then the next week could potentially look like maybe one of the worst teams ever play the National Football League yeah it's been really a funny season in that way and I think there's a lot of factors and COVID is probably a factor because you have players, you know, going on the reserve COVID-19 list, so they're out. And then for those players who've actually had it, as you well know, we talked about this too about Cam Newton a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You know, it does have a lasting effect on you. So there are a lot of things at play. Uh, but this Colts team is, it feels like a team on the cusp, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think they have a lot of good pieces. And I think I think Philip Rivers has um, performed performed a lot better than I thought he would because, you know, at the end there of the Chargers run, it looked pretty bleak. So, you know, I'm happy for him that he's, you know, found his ball again. Um, there's, you know, he's obviously not perfect, but he's still a very, very good quarterback. And when you're a team like the Colts and you have somebody that can make those throws, that would, that's really what you're looking for at that time. So, you know, I, I, I like the Colts. I like where they're at. I think that even the one that shocked me in the very beginning was the Jags taking that one game, the first game of the season away. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think that could have went either way. And a lot of these these teams are winning those important games. And I think that that's really what matters at this point. It's just get the win. doesn't have to be pretty. Just get the win and get out of there. You know? So I think that's a lot of what we're seeing this season. And like the Steelers did not look good last week, but now they're like, you know, they're still eight. No, but it didn't really matter there. They took away the win. A hundred percent. And I think that that's worth bringing up because you know, I've heard people say, well, are they really that good? They barely beat the Cowboys. But at the end of the day, they're finding ways to win. And I think mm-hmm. this happened a lot last year with the 49ers where people say, well, they haven't played anybody and this and that. But they are finding ways to win the games. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. And- yeah. I mean, you can only win the games that you're scheduled to play. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, that's well, all you well, can do. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. But, I, I, but I'm like thinking more in terms of you know, are they as good as their record shows, Right, but they're winning. And so if they keep this up and they end up going to the playoffs, the number one seed. And so they end up with the buy and home field advantage mm-hmm. throughout. It matters. I, it matters. And I think they're going to be very, very difficult to beat. So uh, that Steelers team, you know, they're, they're good. Eight and for the first time uh, in crazy. the franchise. I know it really is. It's crazy. Uh, so we brought up the Dolphins earlier, and then we can talk certainly talk more about the Steelers. Uh, but we brought up the Dolphins earlier. This is a game, a team that a year ago was like the laughing stock of the NFL, uh, right. and now <laughs> I mean, turned it around. 
they have so turned it around. They're three and one against the NFC West, which yeah. you know we've talked many times and many it's people. Hard. It's really hard. Probably the best division in football. So they're three and one. They made a change at quarterback from Ryan Fitzpatrick, who yeah. was playing well, to their guy Tua, and he's looked great in these first two games. Fantastic. I mean, he was that quarterback that everybody thought would go number one, but he had an injury and, you know, it's cool to see him out there playing because he looks good. And I'm just, I'm proud of him. I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's my age that I'm getting like (laughs) kids, you know, I'm like, yeah, they're, you know, like doing it. So, and Tua, it's crazy to me that he was the second, you know, quarterback taken Mm-hmm. And we were kind of talking about this, uh, you know, originally is that, you know, it came last year's draft was like the draft of the wide receiver, everybody thought. But it turns out that there's a lot of really, really good QBs that have come out of that draft. And they're they're just like hit, hitting the ground running and doing so well. So Tua is definitely in that category. And his Dolphins play the Chargers, who... I mean, the Chargers are, I mean, they're like as sad as the Falcons. I mean, they really, they 100% can snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. But Justin Herbert looks good. Yeah, he looks so good. I love watching him. And it's crazy because they find a way to lose. Like, he can like. It's unbelievable. He can outperform just about anybody I've ever seen at quarterback. Like, I'm really taken with him. And so. And it's just such a bummer that they've lost so many close, close games and they find that way to lose. And it's kind of the story of the Chargers, though. So it's uh, it really is. I feel bad for them. I do like and their fans. I don't know if that I know that here in San Diego, a lot of them quit on the Chargers because they left. But mm-hmm. I still feel bad. I mean, because you know, I wanted them to do well. I really did. Well, in a surrogate should, city. <laughs> I mean, they should they should be better. I mean, they also really should be better. And so it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens this offseason with the Chargers because there's really no reason this team is two and six and can't close out games. And this has been a uh, problem for the team for a couple of years now, this inability oh, yeah. to close out games. So be interesting to see if anything happens uh, in the offseason, if any changes are made with the Chargers. But uh, game for Miami this weekend in Miami. Uh, this is one in theory they should absolutely win. But again, as we always say, any given Sunday, just like we were just saying about the Steelers <laughs> right. and the Cowboys, how the Steelers almost lost to the Garrett Gilbert-led Cowboys. So I mean, the Cowboys Crazy. are on, I think, their fourth quarterback. Of course, one stack went down with that terrible injury. It's just been kind of like a quarterback roulette. And Andy Dalton is injured, so... Um, the Ben DiNucci era was short-lived and now we're in the Gary Gilbert era. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens there. So speaking of young quarterbacks and of course the Steelers, uh, a couple things. First of all, Ben Roethlisberger went on the reserve COVID-19 list today. Yes. So we will see what happens there uh, and then how that affects Sunday's game. And then they will be playing the Bengals who are not good, but have a great young quarterback That's under center perfect. for them and Joey Burrow. Um, so, you know, it. I think it depends like- who's playing and, and who's not, but I like Joey Burrow too. And I really, I guess it's Joe Burrow since he and I are not friends. Maybe I can call him <laughs> Joey, but, um, but maybe can, one day we'll be friends. In, in our podcast world, we can be friends. <laughs> That's true. In our podcast world, we can be friends and he could totally be Joey. Uh, but I'm actually excited to see him play against the Steelers team. I mean, they're 
his offensive line does leave mm-hmm. a lot to be desired, but I am kind of excited to see him play in this uh, little AFC North matchup this weekend. Yeah, I, I I like watching the Bengals, and that's something to be said. I mean, because I've been like yeah. I haven't yeah, really like uh, you know been that crazy to watch the Bengals, and so he's just he brings out something and he makes it fun, and I'm just like this is so great. Like, so I think that's what it, that team needed and the city needed. So you know, I'm I'm happy for him. I know he hasn't won the games, but I I still think he's a really good quarterback, and it's uh it's fun watching him. So he, I think that's a big you know draw when your team maybe not at least they like put up a fight. You know, mm-hmm. so I think that's good. And just to give you guys kind of the news on what happened with the Steelers. So it was tight end Vance McDonald, former 49er actually, who had a positive COVID test. So it was Ben Roethlisberger, Gerald Hawkins, Jalen Samuels, and Vince Williams who were deemed high risk, close contacts with McDonald. So they'll isolate for five days. uh, And then I guess they go from there. So it's Monday. So we'll see what happens, you know, going right going forward with this weekend so that is kind of the update there uh another big game this weekend i think important for both teams well really maybe more important for the cardinals but uh is bill's cardinals in arizona we talked about Tua. he and kyler murray were in a full-on shootout on sunday mm-hmm. and it was a really great game to watch so the cardinals currently are five and three of course the seahawks are six and two the Rams are five and three. I'm, I'm moving to the NFC West now. The Rams and the Seahawks play each other this weekend. This is a pretty huge weekend for yeah. all of the three of these teams. Should the Cardinals win and the Rams win, everyone, the, those three are at six and three, and the poor 49ers are just at the yeah. very, very bottom. Uh, but, <laughs> but we'll start by taking a look at this Bills Cardinals game. I got to give the advantage to the Cardinals. I mean, I know the Bills have the better really? record, but I just, there is something about this team and Kyler Murray. They'll be at home. It, I think it's a huge test for the Cardinals because it's a big game to really kind of establish themselves. If they were playing in Buffalo in November outside, I would feel very differently. Um, yeah. because, but I do think, I think it's a huge test for the Cardinals. I think it's a kind of a statement game. Maybe I'm being too dramatic, but I think it could very well be a statement game for Kyler Murray. Uh, it, obviously, it's not a division game, but this game matters. And I know that if any of them were asked, they'd say, we're not thinking about the Rams-Seahawks game. We can only control what we can control. But there's no way they can't be because this just kind of changes so many things in the division. Um, because should Seattle win and the Cardinals lose, and then obviously the Rams would lose if Seattle wins, you have the Rams and Cardinals at 5-4, and four, the Seahawks at 7-2, and two, and I think mm-hmm. it would be really, really hard to catch them. So kind of a, it's a big big weekend in the division stuff. Yeah. I mean, and to, to be honest, I'm going to go on the bills here because, you know, I'm a big matchup person and I think they're really stingy on that run. So I think Kyler Murray's going to have a little bit tougher time against like the bills defense. And I think, but you know, I still think he's got that magic, you know, that he can mm-hmm. like find and make it work. He reminds me so much of Russ. Wilson and I'm not a big fan of Russell Wilson, right. but Fair. but I respect his game. You know, you have to if you you if you love football, you have to respect him at some point, you know. And um I just I I'm picking the bills on that one. 
I'm, but at the same time, I mean, if the cards find a way to win that, it'll be big. That's a big win for them. Mm -hmm. So you're going on matchups and I'm fully going on storyline and heart. And I'm fine with it. And I'm fine. Yeah, that's fine. And I'm I'm into it. So I have to say, though, real quick, I'll just like brag. Um, (laughs) Please, please brag. Well, because I play the survival league, so I'm always looking at matchups. Because if you lose that matchup, um, you're out. So I play for Mm -hmm. charity, and I am one of only three people left. So I've called every single game correctly, and I'm so excited because I am only one of three people left. And I, if I do that, my charity gets the money because I don't gamble. So I'm like, I'll do it for, you know, the charity. So (laughs) what's your charity? Well, I'm doing, so I've been doing this thing. It's kind of, um, but I help kids in um, low income families, help them with um, kind of, it was a personal thing, but um, get internet access and computers. Fantastic. And because I didn't realize how many kids do not have internet access or computers Mm -hmm. or any kind of like modality and we take it so for granted and you know that's how they're learning right now so it's been just a passion of mine just to and I see how some of these kids live and you know it just broke my heart so I'm like I well I'm gonna do something about it so that's something that I've kind of went on a mission for lately probably the last six months or so and um it's made me really really happy to give back that that is fantastic. I'm wondering, would you mind sharing the name of the organization in case any of our listeners would like to donate? Yeah, well, I do it for the school is San Diego um, school district, but yeah, hit okay. me up on Twitter. But like, I I do it for the district, and then I okay, that's how I do it. Oh, fantastic! Well, since you are one of three people left, can you give everyone <laughs> a tip on who they should, who other oh. Survivor League? contestants I guess who they should pick this weekend who would you pick or who are you well I picked the Patriots that last night and I that like went to the (laughs) yeah that but that was stressful (laughs) but let's see who do I have next week so I have who do I have I have the Packers against the Jacks so I think that's a good win yeah I I think so and I kind of saved my Packers because once you pick that team, you can't use them again. So oh, smart. And I was like, well, I'm going to save the Packers. And then, so I kind of, I looked at the whole season. So hopefully that wins. Um, I think that's a good one. Good pick. Um, I think that's a very, I think that's a very, very good pick. And I think the Steelers over the Bengals is a good pick. Yes. I think that also is a good pick. <laughs> I think that's, even though we just had this conversation, I know. Him, but I still think this safe pick in a survivor league for sure would be the Steelers over the Bengals. Uh, so, all right. Well, then we will have to talk next week and see where yes, you stand. Right. If I'm knocked out. <laughs> hopefully, uh, I'm going hopefully Green you will have yeah. uh, You're going Green Bay. Okay. I don't. I have a pretty solidly good feeling about your pick this week uh, because those Jaguars won that one game that we mentioned earlier against the Colts, and it's not. <laughs> but it's not you never know. Out. Like the Jaguars could come out and like ball, but Minshew's uh, like out on the on this one. I yeah, would say yeah. you know. I'm going to go ahead and say you know. Yeah. So we have a good weekend ahead. You mentioned the Patriots. They're Sunday night football against the Ravens uh, in a game which a year or two ago may have seemed a lot better than it's going to be. Uh, but, you know, on any given Sunday, however, I do think Baltimore. Yeah. I wouldn't put that in the Survivor League, but 
Uh, I think Baltimore will come out on top. And when you look at matchups, I'd yeah. put that in the survey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's totally fair. I mean, look at when you, when you talk about matchups, I'm in my head right now going through all the matchups, and it's not, yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be rough stuff. But it was nice that they were able to beat the Jets last night. So, yeah, apparently. I mean, if you but, can't beat the Jets, like, I mean, the Jets. or the Patriots. I mean, it's just, whew, it's rough, <laughs> rough stuff out there. But uh, the Patriots did come out on top, which is good because otherwise it's kind of embarrassing. No matter how far the Patriots have fallen, you don't want to fall to lose to the Jets category. Um, so so there's that. Um, all right. So that is NFL Week 10 coming up next week, going into Week 11. I mean, I honestly just don't understand how we're already there. And then, you know, COVID cases are picking up throughout the league. Um, they're also picking up throughout the country. So it's not super surprising, but just is going to be kind of interesting to see in these final weeks. It's very much worth keeping yeah. an eye on. What does the NFL do? What happens if you're in a week 14 matchup that really matters? Um, and you know, you've got four players on each team out. I, I think they, I, it, they seem to have proven that at this yeah. point, they're just going to, keep it going, keep playing. But I think it's worth keeping an eye on. Um, there was a lot of discussion the other day about that 49ers Packers game, but they played it. And I was surprised. It was, yeah, it was, um, it was what it was, but yeah, I was, I was surprised. But it wasn't too, but they, that great. <laughs> but it wasn't, no, it wasn't that great. It was, and it, it did matter. I mean, you had players oh. out that mattered. So I don't know, we'll see. It'd be interesting. Just kind of curious to see how this all plays out over like the, the NFL. coming weeks train keeps going it doesn't stop for anyone it seems it, that does seem to be the case it just keeps going earlier in the season there were the postponements but now mm -hmm. they seem to just be mm -hmm. moving forward so uh just we'll, we'll keep an eye on that and who knows next week may bring a whole other host of uh issues on this matter so we will keep talking about that uh, but now we turn our attention to dylan texas and <laughs> are you ready for friday night uh, this is, it's a great episode, season two, episode three, uh, a lot happens. It's so funny. I was the one, I was watching this one again last night. I was like, God, I forgot how much happened in this episode, but yeah. big things happen in this episode. So we start the episode with Tyra sneaking out of Landry's room after. <laughs> so uncomfortable and awkward. <laughs> so, so uncomfortable and awkward, like so uncomfortable and awkward. And Landry's dad sees her and he's kind of starting to pick up on like what's right. going on here. Something about this feels <laughs> off. So that is how the episode starts. Of course, Landry is like on cloud nine and Tyra says to him, this can never happen again. <laughs> um, so that's where, that's where we start the episode. Uh, then in this episode, Tim Riggins, of course, uh, wakes up hungover. Big shock to everybody I know. <laughs> And he poor looks Tim. outside, though, poor Tim, and sees Billy uh, with his ex-girl, with Tim's yeah. ex-girlfriend, Jackie, the the older woman with the child from last season. Um, and remember, guys, when I said that storyline was going to move mm -hmm. into this season and have some pretty big uh, repercussions, and it will as yeah. time goes on. I don't know how so, I feel about that yet. I'm just... It's, it's a tough, it's a tough storyline because there are a number of things that happen as a result of it. Um, that are difficult. And we, I don't know how far you've gotten at this point and we don't want to give it away for our, our listeners, right. but uh, it definitely has some pretty major repercussions. So Tim is at practice hungover. Coach McGregor, who they do a very good job of turning into this like villain. villain. 
And it's the thing about him is that I don't even know how much of a villain he is. He's just so different than Coach Taylor. Right. And he's not the nurturing father figure type of guy. He is their high school football coach who wants to win. Like that's his job. His feeling is not I also need to take an interest in these kids' lives and and see how I can help them. It's just a very different style. So again, he has Tim working overtime. Everybody else is sitting there and um, Tim is running with something very heavy on his head and passes out. And he yeah. ends up having to be taken to the hospital. Well, that's so, dangerous. I mean, if you drink. So dangerous. <laughs> so dangerous. I don't know. Like, to me, I'm like, dude. And if the coach knows that he's been drinking, like, I don't know. I know. I think you kick him out of practice. I don't know. Me too. This is, this <laughs> that's is like the, dangerous. It is. It's it's very dangerous. So you kick him out of practice and and figure out what's going on with him and like maybe get him into some kind of program. But that's not, that's not the way McGregor goes on this. Uh, so Tim is at the hospital and I think there's a exchange at the hospital that between him and the doctor that have just, I think sums up this town and what's going on on this show in Texas high school football. So I'm just going to say, you know, on the show, right. But the doctor says to him, what are you doing to yourself, Tim? You're hungover, you know, you're dehydrated all this stuff, like, what are you doing to yourself? And then says to him, are you ready for Friday night? (laughs) (laughs) And that, and so I just thought like this, if this doesn't sum up (laughs) this this town, Dillon, Texas, it is, it really is. It's absolutely perfect. Uh, And then Lila comes to see him because she's concerned about him and she wants him to come to her church, uh, which he will do later in the episode. But Tim right now cannot leave the hospital because he has to be signed out by an adult and they can't reach Billy. And this is another part of this episode that I find really interesting that shows it's just, it almost feels like that reminder of like, Hey guys, remember something? These guys are kids. So you have Tim Riggins who looks like an adult who in, well, in a lot of ways, does not act like an adult, but he's he looks like an adult. He's drinking, he's partying, he's like whatever, and he acts kind of like the tough guy. But at the end of the day, they're kids, and he's stuck at the hospital. He cannot leave because he has to be signed up by an adult. So I think that's kind of an interesting part of the episode too. And I wondered when I was watching, was that on purpose to remind everybody like these guys are kids? Granted, Buddy Gary right. comes to sign him out, and so that's probably part of it too. But I always think. They do a good job on the show with those reminders. Mm-hmm. Like they seem like adults, but you know, they are children. So Buddy comes to pick him up and is ta- driving him home. And he's saying, you know, <laughs> this is one of like my favorite lines in the it's show. So great. Um, he's driving him home and he says, you know, what Coach McGregor is doing with you guys is dangerous. It's over 100 degrees. Now, granted, Buddy's ticked because he's been kicked out of practice and they moved the pep rally from the dealership. So he definitely has an ulterior motive here. But he does not like Coach McGregor. And he can also kind of see what's going on, you know, with this team. So he says to him, you know, it's dangerous. And and he has you guys running in this, like, 100-degree heat. And that's why you passed out. And Tim says, well, sir, you know, to be honest, I was hungover, which is why I passed out. And Buddy pulls over and says, Tim, I don't ever want to hear you say that again. I've seen you play hungover and you've played like a champ. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's like – my favorite. Hilarious. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> this is not your fault. But again, also, it's so funny, but it also goes to the problems in the town. It is partly his fault. Like, well, yeah. And it, well, 
this is where I think it's so interesting, this parallel between Buddy and Timmy. You know, even though Buddy mm-hmm. is so annoying and frustrating at times, he his what's really going on for him as far as like he can see it's like the good in his life is football. So Mm -hmm. they have that common connection, which is so strange because, you know, but they need it to hold them together almost. So I think that that's like an interesting parallel because even though people don't like Timmy because he seems like he makes bad decisions and this and that, you really see that Football is his family in a in a way or the way, you know. So that's what I like. And that's true with Buddy too. So if Buddy feels like he's ostracized from football, he's he's gonna like he's gonna see that with Tim and they're gonna have that common ground. And Bill and uh, Buddy is also ostracized from his family. And right. we're seeing him sleeping at the car dealership with a half drank bottle of alcohol next to him every week. You know, so we're seeing both of them and Tim feels ostracized from his family. And it also, of course, is interesting that the connection that they also have is Lila. Yeah. And that's, you know, kind of an interesting thing too. Um, well, let's close the loop on the Tim Lila storyline. He does end up going to church because other major things happen yeah. that I want to get into, but he does end up going to church with, with her and he does, you know, it's a little hard to tell. I do feel like he does seem a little bit, moved it feels like he's somewhere between an eye roll and like a little bit moved at the same time is is where he is and he comes to lila's house later and he says that you know something to happen to him and he was moved and then he tries to kiss lila and she of course gets upset and kicks him out he tells her that he feels like he's closer to god when he's with her that does come across as a total line and probably totally yeah But I do think what he felt there was a connection to Lila. I think he felt, I think he realizes, because we're going to see as this season goes on, uh, and I think we're sort of starting to see it, that his feel, you know, what his feelings for Lila are. And we saw it last season when, especially, you know, Tyra last season says to him, oh my God, you're in love with her, aren't you? And Mm -hmm. it doesn't really come up again, but we can see in his behavior how much he does care about her. Um, mm-hmm. remember when he went to the cheerleading competition and she looks up and smiles and he thinks it's at her, but it's at Jason and you can see he's hurt. So he really does care about her. So I don't know that he felt a connection to the church, but I do think he felt more of a connection to Lila. Uh, and that is kind of, I, I don't know that he was super sincere on any of the church stuff, but yeah. he, he cares for her and I think, you know, that's what we're going to see. Yeah. And I think she, he develop. can see like why even if he doesn't necessarily believe it or whatever has the same feelings that she he can see why it appeals to her you know there's something Mm -hmm. more and I think that that's kind of the important I don't know takeaway from everything is that you know because he doesn't necessarily make fun of it anymore like it's not like you know like it's not something that he would just dismiss or mock or whatever. So I think it was an important uh, little segment there because then he's understanding her that this is what she really believes and she's honest hearted about it. And I like, I appreciate that about Tim though. Like, cause it's so easy to write people off or what they think. Cause they, you think it's strange, but he mm-hmm. like is really like, he goes and try, you know, I just think that's good. I do too. And I think Tim and Lila, each for different reasons and in their own ways, are desperate for a connection. 
So she's found it at, she found it at church and she's really Mm -hmm. connected to that. And so he was willing to give it a try. And I think it, it, I think, I think the line, I feel closer to God when I'm with you is like a line, but I think maybe, and maybe this is me giving him too much credit. I think maybe what he's saying is like, I feel connected to something when I'm with you. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And like, I would never, like, (laughs) maybe I would, but I just like, I don't think I would ever like do that. And I'm like, man, that's like something. So I see something in Tim, this place that he's willing to do, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For someone else. And I just think that that's cool. Like I would never do that. Like, I don't think that, you know, I'd have to really, and I feel like I'm a good person and everything, but like, I'm like, wow, that's, I, and it makes me look at myself and I'm like, would I do that for somebody? Well, I think it probably would depend on the situation where you are. And, you know, I think a year last season, Tim probably would not. So I think there's, there's that too. Um, so we have, a lot going on in the Taylor family. I want to talk about Matt first because the Taylor family is what has going on there is like pretty big. Uh, so I want to give that it's, it's full due. Um, but I want to talk about Matt for a minute and actually then close the loop a little bit on Tyra and Landry, maybe not close the loop, but on this episode. And then we'll get into the Taylors just for those of you who've watched it and are like, why isn't she brought up what happened with the Taylors yet? It's huge. Um, but that's why. So Matt has Carlotta has moved oh, into yeah. uh, their house to help. She's the, a caregiver to help with grandma and things are definitely changing. And Carlotta is uh, been incredibly helpful to Matt's grandmother and to the house. And so Matt comes home and says that he notices that she's doing everyone's laundry, but his, <laughs> and she's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and right. they get into like a good, you know, a good conversation. And she says, do you say that? Cause my skin is Brown. And he says, no, I say that because you're doing grandma's laundry, right. your laundry. Like, can't you do mine at the same time? You throw mine and, in? She, <laughs> and she basically, she talks about like her parents in Guatemala and how accomplished they are. And I think it's a, it's an important conversation because you're also like, we're in there in Texas. Like there's a lot of things that are obviously mm-hmm. really important about that conversation. Then in 2000, I believe the season was 2007 and very much today, but you do start to see a connection between Matt and Carlotta and that, and there's like kind of a little, I guess you could call it a flirtation. There's some joking around there. And at the end of the episode, Matt comes in after the game and we'll talk about that in a minute, but um, he has gotten into a fight with smash. Um, Yes. But he comes in after the game and he's in a lot of pain and she essentially like gives him a massage. And so you kind of, you can see a connection forming there. Um, regarding that fight with Smash, Smash has been, you know, earlier in the episode, he's talking to the media and basically talking about how under Coach McGregor, uh, it's, he's like more committed to the run game and it's going to be all about Smash and, you know, in very typical Smash Williams ways and uh, players take, issue with it umbrage if you will Mm -hmm. and one of them says to matt like you you know are the quarterback you need to talk to him so he talks to smash and it does not go well uh they i don't want to shock anybody but they have a very big differing in opinions on on smash's attitude and the things that he's saying and the way he's acting it bleeds into work because let's like not forget they work together at the alamo freeze Uh, it bleeds into work where smash is not really pulling his weight at work uh he's very busy flirting and and doing all kinds of fun smash things and Matt's, you know, pretty much doing anything. Um, I'm sorry, Matt's pretty much doing everything. So it culminates at the end 
of the game, which is a bad game, and they end up getting in a fist fight, and it's not good. And I'm going to come back to that in a minute uh, when we get in a little bit more um, of the Taylors. So quickly on the Tyra and Landry thing, Tyra is working at Applebee's. Landry's dad comes in, sits down, orders, and then asks, what's going on with you right. and my son? He says to her, are you and my son dating? And she said, you know, I don't actually know. I don't know, which I would appreciate. I kind of appreciated right. that. Fair. She was like, I, I don't really, I don't really know. And he says, you know, I don't get it. You could date pretty much anyway, anyone. What do you uh-huh. want with Landry? And she starts to speak about Landry and kind of the kind of person he is and, and what he's meant to her. And I think it's kind of a realization for her because she ends up sneaking back into Landry's room later <laughs> Um, and I think she's actually realizing that she may have actual feelings for our good friend Landry. So, yeah, I mean they have the, the connection. That's, I mean, yes. I, <laughs> I mean that's kind of like one of those things that when you go through something together like that, like especially you know trying time, I think that it'll bring anybody closer. And that's and he's always been there for her to the yeah. point that. He- Killed, he's a nice guy. guy. He's a really he's good a nice person. guy, and yeah. they have to go watch shopping because uh, Landry's dad says, "You know, where's your watch? Your grandfather's going to want to see you wearing it next month." It's been her family sixty years. And Landry said, "Oh yeah, I just had it cleaned, so now he's uh, going to look for a new watch." So, more to come on that storyline, for sure. Uh, much, much more to come. Uh, okay, so the Taylors. So. We open the episode, uh, at the beginning of the episode, Coach Taylor is in town. He is home for a couple of days, and he's with Tammy and Gracie, and he goes to pick up food <clears throat> where the radio, there's, of course, the radio station is on, and everyone's trashing him on the radio station for having left the Panthers, um, right. and it's kind of, you know, and the woman who gives him his food says, I'm sorry about that. He says, you know, don't worry about it. Of course, people are kind of giving him dirty looks, but as he gets into his car, Matt comes running out. And he says, I just want to say sorry. He says, for what? Um, He says, sorry, you know, Julie and I broke up, which I don't really know why Matt is apologizing, but he's so nice. Um, But so he's, he's saying, you know, Julie and I broke up and, um, and he said, please, you know, tell uh, Mrs. Taylor, I'm sorry as well. So um, he later in the episode, uh, he gets told, Coach Taylor is told that it's going to be his job to cut a kid from the football team and yeah. you know they're a lot more callous about it in in college football than they are in a big you know college football program than they are at Dillon in Dillon Texas um and he's really struggling with that and he calls home and Glenn is there trying to help fix I think the stove or something I don't know the stove I, I was thinking like the ice maker or something I mean, it was the ice maker yeah that's what I think it was the ice maker you're right so um so he's there to fix something and so coach Taylor is like what's Glenn doing there and to help fix it. Well, I don't want Glenn there. And, you know, so that becomes a thing. And then he oh, says, yeah. And he says, that's what it was. He says, I don't want him in my wife's icebox. Ice box. Yes. That's what it was. Exactly. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Those are like the one lines that I li- live for. I'm like, ah. <laughs> yeah. So that was really, really funny. That was really funny. Um, yeah. That was really funny. Um, so he says that to him. And then he says, why didn't you tell me Matt and Julie broke up? And she says, Matt and Julie didn't break up. And Glenn says, yes, they did. It's all over school. Everybody's talking about <laughs> How it. How embarrassing. So, I mean, it's so <laughs> embarrassing. And he, you know, Coach Taylor says, don't you think, or Eric, I get, usually in these times I call him Eric. So Eric says to Tammy, um, don't you think it's a little, not a great sign that she didn't tell us? Like, don't you? Because that is yeah. very unlike their relationship with Julie. 
Um, so later, Julie comes home. God, she is just like the devil right now. I know. The devil. Like, I, I feel like bad because we named her. We nicknamed her the devil. <laughs> but she's so mean. She, she is. And I understand. And she says something later that kind of we've been talking about it and drives it home. But she's so mean. So she comes home and Tammy says to her, you know, you didn't tell me you broke up with Matt, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, yeah, it's so not a big deal. And um, she says, I'm going out. And then Gracie starts crying. And she says mm-hmm. to her, I thought this was so telling the way she says it. She goes, yeah, I think your baby's crying. Oh, yeah. And I, I can't like, stand Julie. Like, I have a real, like, problem with her. Like, I don't – and I'm like, I am not looking forward to teenage years with my kids because, like, I don't think I can do it, Tracy. <laughs> I don't think I can do it. Like watching Julie, I'm like, no way. Get out. <laughs> I mean, I I don't blame you because Julie is she's when she said your baby's cry, I was like, oh, that is just oh, well, so no. mean. Like, let me separate myself from this baby as much. I mean, that is her sister. Um, your baby's crying. So she yeah. um and I think that and Tammy says to her, was there anybody that there was there a reason? Was it the boy at the pool? She's like, no, I just you know, whatever. We just broke up. And then there was that your baby's crying and she leaves. So later, uh, you know, and Matt at school does see the Swede, as they call him, drop her off. Um, Do you know why he's called that? I think he's supposed to be Swedish. I'm assuming is why he's, I don't, but it's kind of funny. It's funny that you ask that though, because they keep calling him the Swede, but they don't really like ever say. Right. Why? Swedish. Like he doesn't Um, have an accent or anything. I don't know. No. I don't know either. So I don't know if there was I there was like a, another reason that we just missed. Like sometimes in shows, like there are little things that get cut out. Right. <laughs> it's possible that in, in that first episode, they cut out the like 30 seconds that explained it and then they just right. run with it. I don't know. It's unclear. Like um, cute that we missed. <laughs> yeah. Like there was just like some kind of thing that we missed there. Um, but later she's at a party with him and some of his friends and of course trying to act cool. Um, they're smoking pot, which she doesn't do. Uh, and then... Tammy is, we see Tammy calling her and saying, it is your mother. It is two in the morning. Right. Where are you? Um, before this happens though, Buddy has Eric come meet him halfway between Austin and Dylan and basically says to him, like, what if I could tell you, you could have your job back. And it, it does drive home the whole, like, why did they even make this a storyline? I mean, I kind of want to know why they made a storyline, but like within three episodes, could you want to have your job back? So, um, right. like he's, he's unhappy at TMU. They obviously hate coach McGregor. They've done a really good job. As I said, turning into him, turning him into like a complete villain. Um, but you know, I get it. it they needed something. And again, back to what I've said about this season, there was the ratings thing. And so the writers, uh, the, well, the writer strike comes to the end, but some of these storylines, I think with like Landry killing the guy and then <laughs> this coach Taylor storyline, they were having, they were critically acclaimed, but they were having problems in the ratings. So yeah. they, I mean, granted they made that decision at the end of season one, but still there were, you know, things going on. So he says, what if I could tell you could have your job back? Um, and Eric of course has to think about it. But one of the things buddy says to him is I see your wife and she's, and I see Tammy mm-hmm. and she's trying to look really brave, but she's not Gracie misses her daddy. And it's not that she's not brave. It's just really hard. Uh, she's very with hard. a lot. Uh, you know, on her own. And he said, and I see your daughter wearing things she shouldn't wear and hanging out with people she shouldn't be hanging out with. Um, and you know, your daughter, Julie. So 
obviously not crazy, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, so Julie and the Swede come home, they're making out in the car and Tammy, that scene is, I mean, that is such a tough scene to watch. Tammy comes running out and says, get out of the car, go inside. And the Swede says to her, Julie, go inside. And she's like, I can't go in there. Draw, take me somewhere. And he says, I can't. That's kidnapping. Yeah. I think he's older. He's like, I think yeah. he's like 18, 18, 19. So he's like, I can't take you away. It's kidnapping. Yeah. And she's like, I'm funny. not going in there. Tammy opens the door, literally pulls her out of the car. Swede drives off. He's like, bye. I'm not in um, here. <laughs> she pulls, pulls her out of the car and says, I am your mother. And Julie says, she, what does she slap? She slaps her before. I think Tammy slaps her before. And then Julie says to her, you gave up being my, I don't remember exactly what she says, but yeah. you gave up, essentially gave up being my mother when dad left and you had Gracie. And that is the crux of it. And that's like, we've been kind of talking about that and alluding to it, but that is the crux of what's going on. Not for Julie. And this is why I do have, I mean, even though Julie is so, so mean right now, and right now she really is the devil, you feel for her in what the changes in her life. You know, she's, 16 years old or 15 years old. She's been an only child her whole life. All of a sudden her mom is pregnant. Her dad is going to go live in Austin and visit basically every few weeks. And it's really, really hard. And a lot got pulled out from under her. And she's a teenage girl going through a whole bunch of things and dealing with her feelings for Matt. And, you know, she needs, she needs her parents. And it would be different. I don't, I think if he wasn't gone, I think if coach Taylor wasn't gone, things would have been different from the get go. Cause then there are at least two people there. Cause right now, Tammy is on her own taking care of a newborn baby. Yeah. I don't and even know. Trying, how. And how does she do that? And trying to parent this teenage daughter. Um, it's really, really difficult and, and people do it all the time, but we're seeing, you know, just how difficult it is on the family. So he's home to visit. And Tammy says to her, I hit Julie. I mean, that seat is so mm-hmm. awful. And if you guys haven't watched it, watch it between her pulling out of the her out of the car, them yelling at each other, Tammy slapping her. And then Julie saying like, what she says, you gave me up. That's what she said. You gave yeah. me up when dad left and you had Gracie. Um, and it's going to take, that takes a while. They're like repairing that takes a while. And they're on the couch and she says, I hit Julie. And before that he's gone to the game and after his talk with Buddy and Buddy says, like, the team is falling apart, your family's falling apart, and he sees what happens in the game. He sees them get into a fight, his own players, you know, the players with each other, and he realizes, like, it's what he needs, I think, to say he wants to come back. So we see him at the epi- end of the episode go to the car dealership where Buddy is asleep at his desk with, like, half a bottle of bourbon and says, you know, like, don't make me regret this. And that's where the episode ends. Yeah, it's. Um, oh it's, wait, no, I forgot one thing. One okay. thing that one thing that's uh, one little thing that's important. Uh, Jason Street uh, in the last episode, you may remember that someone told him that if he oh, went to Mexico, he could get the the surgery and he could walk again. So he's quit the team because during the game, he says to Coach McGregor, he talks, he says to him, he gives him advice on how they should play the defense, and he's Coach McGregor says to him. I don't have time right now to talk to the team mascot. So that was really mm-hmm. a crappy don't thing Don't you to say. hate that? I do. That was, I, I hated that. It was just horrible. Um, so Jason, com- Jason earlier in the episode had come over to Tim's to kind of try to help him out. And of course, Tim wants no part of it. 
uh, and he's upset about Billy and Jackie and he has confronted Billy's point. And so Jason comes to say, I quit the team and I'm going to Mexico and you're just the worst friend ever. And the first thing I'm going to do when I can walk again is walk over here and kick your ass. So that is what he says. And um, Tim's takeaway from all of that is, did you say Mexico? <laughs> and, and they are off to Mexico together. So that's the other place this episode ends. Okay. What were you going to say, Steph? Sorry. I forgot. Um, but I was just saying, like, with everything going on, I think I think that Taylor's, like, come across, like, this goody two-shoes, amazing, everything is perfect family in season one. And then everything mm-hmm. just falls apart. And it's, like, at a drop of a hat. And I don't know, it's relatable because that's life. You know, something can happen like that. And it was just a, I don't know, you're, you're obviously pulling for them, you know, but they've got a lot going on and it, it's stressful. And you see that, you know, I think with Tammy actually hitting, obviously I think, you know, I'm not really a violent person and nobody wants to see that, but it's like she, she loses her grip, you know, on things. Mm-hmm. And here oh, she, she totally is trying did. to like, and she's trying to tell, um, you know, the guidance counselor that's, you know, backing her yeah. up or whatever. Oh, this is how you do it. And then it's like, you're kind of flailing at the same time with her own family. So it's like, it's, I don't know, it's kind of reassuring a little bit because not everybody's perfect. And you, you can kind of see that, you know, you just do your best in those those situations and then you move forward because there's nothing else you can do, you know? Absolutely. And I think it does show as, you know, as, as Julie gets older and starts to mature and starts to rebel a little bit, and then there's a baby in the mix and then he's not there. Like there's a lot. And we will see over the coming seasons, the Taylors go through, they definitely go through a lot of ups and downs. A lot happens uh, in, you know, not, I'm not, I think I'm, I don't want to say I'm overselling it. A lot happens. And definitely we see how there's relationship ebbs and flows and decisions they have to make as a family and things that they go through. Um, So, you know, we'll see. And then I'm excited for everybody to see kind of what happens next because we get to see another side, a little bit of coach McGregor too. Um, And there, there's a line in the show Homeland uh, that someone says to Carrie Uh, He says, nobody is just one thing. And it's like one of my favorite lines in television because it's true. I quote it a lot in life because nobody is just one thing. And we're going to see that with Coach McGregor. And I think we're seeing that, you know, with a lot of these characters. Um, So next week we'll be on to episode four. We'll be into week 11. Uh, Shall we fangirl says before we go? Sure. Let's do it. All right. So before we go, Fangirl says, who's hot? Who's not? All right, Steph, would you like to go first? Sure. Um, (laughs) My who's hot, I'm going to little veer off a little bit, but um, is Clay Thompson. He had the, um, he had an injury to his knee. And incidentally, I injured my knee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like a week after Clay Thompson, and he's back and he's looking so good. So he's my who's hot, and I'm excited to see him again because we haven't seen him for over a year, you know. So I'm excited for him. And my who's not hot, you know, I'm gonna go with the Friday night lights again. Um, 
it's smash. I feel like he's just being too like all about himself and I'm a senior now and you'll get your time. But for some kids, they don't ever get a time. So it was just like, be cognizant of the now and it was bugging me. So he's my who's not. That's totally fair. That's <laughs> totally fair. Uh, my who's hot is going to be Tua. Uh, and I just think he's been so fun to watch. And, you know, I think the other reason he's my who's hot, of course, other than the fact that he's been playing well is when they made the change at quarterback, it could have, it could have been a, you know, they're making this change at quarterback because they want to give two of the reps and they want him to start getting ready for next season in the future. And he stepped right in and played Mm -hmm. really, really well and coming off that injury. And I can still see him in my head being taken off the field and know. you know that how sad that was uh so for him to really have come back and stepped in and played the way he's been playing i think is super Speaks to the whole team too i mean it does it, it absolutely and does and it, you know you, i could cool. even extend my who's not to the dolphins because what a turnaround and i'm going to actually extend it one more time to their head coach <laughs> brian flores because oh. i think he is a really really solid head coach and when you see what he's done i think that's pretty awesome. So that's my who's hot. On the other side of the spectrum, I have the New York Jets, who are the most not hot of anything ever. Uh, they're terrible. Their coach is terrible. And I think their team, I think he still has a job because they want that number one pick. Uh, that's total conjecture. And maybe that's not fair. But I would say it's a possibility. The question is will Trevor Lawrence go to the Jets? Will he stay in school another year? Will someone trade with the Jets because they really need a quarterback? Who knows? Time will tell. But I would generally say the Jets are not hot. I mean, we saw a player a couple weeks ago traded and post a picture of himself in his Jets uniform hailing a taxi in New York City. And he was so excited to get out of Dodge. So if that doesn't sum it right up. Um, so that is my who's not hot. Right. So that's what, that's what I... Yes, that's uh thank you very much. I think it was a good podcast too. Just that, so good job <laughs> to just... you and to me for a good podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um we hope that you guys feel the same. You know what? If you guys don't like it, at least we did. No, I'm just kidding. Um it was a really but it was a good one. It was a lot of fun. We talked about a lot of stuff, covered a lot of ground. Uh and if you guys enjoyed what you heard today, and I am sure that you did, I certainly hope that you did, please make sure to leave us a five-star review. And follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. And with that, Steph, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Sports opinions with a side of satire. We're the first in tens, a weekly show delivering the spiciest opinions on football, life, and especially each other. And we can do that because we've been best friends for so long. I'm Amy. And I'm Jasmine. First in tens will bring you sports from the female perspective while also injecting pop culture, fashion, and music into our daring dialogue. We're saucy, edgy, and most of all, we We think think we're we're funny funny AF. First in tens, light on stats, heavy on sass. Follow us at firstintensepodcast.com.